This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. I just noticed this is episode 420, dude. Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) And uh, so, of course, it's the cheese plate episode. (laughs) Finally. I mean, we've talked so many times on the show about, um, like, when we're tasting things, we always talk about, like, we should cheese plate it. Like, by which I mean we should go mildest to strongest when we eat it. And But this week, for the first time ever in Spilled Milk history, we are literally cheese plating it. Yeah, we're literally, we're, we're cheese plating it up. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Did you just take my Muji pen? Yes. Oh, my God, Matthew. All right. Anyway, uh, let's go down memory lane. Okay. Like, I, I've liked cheese for a long time. When I was a kid, I think I only really liked cheddar, Tillamook medium cheddar, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. But... I it's not often that I've actually gotten to like make my way through a cheese plate but but like I've been to like a party that where there's a cheese plate and I'm like hanging out near it, near it and like nibbling things. I remember my dad being into cheeses. Okay, that makes sense. Um and you know, I mean obviously the cheeses that were accessible in Oklahoma City in the 80s and even into the 90s were not great. Yeah, I, mean, I can see that. Um, actually, you know, Mediterranean imports. I bet. Uh, they were some of the first people to carry, you know, uh, cheeses that didn't just come in like a long loaf. I was just going to say, like, you, that uh, for most of the 80s, it was probably mostly loaf cheeses. Yes. And now, of course, there's a Whole Foods in Oklahoma City. Sure. And that's where you go. Anyway, so I remember growing up and I remember my dad being the type of person who... If we went to a restaurant where they had where you could order a piece of cheese for dessert, he would oh, order yes. it. That I mean, God, what a Mo Weisenberg move. I do I do have a, a cheese plate memory lane, although I don't know if we ordered a cheese plate per se, but um I one time uh, wife of the show Lori and I went to artisanal restaurant um in uh, in New York City, which was a cheese focused restaurant. That. They had they had grilled cheese sandwiches, but they all but you could like order any amount of cheese from like one to to like a cheese plate with 17 cheeses on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we ordered several cheeses. Well, I would say that I was like you uh, growing up in that, you know, I think I, I liked cheddar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked sharp cheddar, actually, because my dad oh. always bought sharp cheddar. So I liked sharp cheddar. I think I liked feta. I think I probably liked, you know, like the soft, like uh, fresh goat cheeses, you know, that would be crumbled into salads in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I was really scared of goat cheese until I was in my 20s, I think. Okay, fair enough. Then. Mostly because of what happened that time a goat ate my dad, um, (laughs) thinking he was a tin can. So (laughs) then. I was thinking you were going to say that a goat jumped on top of your dad because I, I always think goats of, always stand up. Goats things. are always jumping up onto stuff. They're so great. Yeah. Anyway, no, that would that would have made me feel better about goat cheese. Right. As with so many other episodes in the history of this show, I am going to be talking a lot about France. France. 
Yeah. Because, you know, the truth is... Wait, they have cheese in France? The truth is, I don't think any other country in the world is so associated with cheese. Even though they're... I mean, even though I I think of England as as being Mm -hmm. a great place for cheese. Certainly Spain, Italy, I mean, Western Europe. Switzerland. But I, for one, was sort of... uh, Well, for one thing, my entire approach to cooking and eating was changed by eating with this family in France. Oh, yeah. You've mentioned this. And also, that was where I learned to love cheese. And I would say genuinely, like, what it really was is that was where I learned to kind of, like, not be afraid of cheese. Sure. And also to not be afraid of food in general. Like... Were you also afraid of the dark? I I was so afraid of the dark when I was a kid. I don't remember being super afraid of the dark. Yeah, like, I had to have a nightlight until I was probably, like... 10, I don't know. Oh, wow, that's adorable. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, no, I, I think that, you know, it is very typical. And for, now if you put a nightlight in my room at night, I would be so upset. Oh, yeah, I need it to be totally yes. dark. I have, I, I ordered like this redonkulous sleep mask. I can't believe I said redonkulous. <laughs> but like, that like, it looks like it pretty much covers my entire face. I can't wait to see it. Maybe you can put it on after this episode. Okay, great. I'll, I'll just wear it during the rest of this episode for a blind tasting of cheese. <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, I mean, living in France with this family, I mean, my host mother was a wonderful cook. Um, she didn't buy fancy cheeses. She bought her cheeses at Monoprix, which was like the, you know, the chain grocery store oh, that sure. she went to. And she, she often, also shop at um, uh, Matthew. Stop interrupting me! Shut what's up. What's the place with the frozen food? And then I'll stop. Um, I won't, probably won't stop. Picard les surgelés. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Anyway, she would buy not even like um, uh, some sort of like name brand cheese at Monoprix. Oh, but she would buy the brand? Monoprix brand cheese. So you could get like a log of, of aged goat cheese with a bloomy rind mm-hmm. that was like as long as your hand for like a Euro 50. This at, is this is Monoprix. one of my favorite things when there's like like an everyday brand of something and it's fantastic. Yes. And I remember going home to see my family at Christmas time and taking them a whole bunch of Monoprix brand cheese. Yeah, this is, this is one reason I love going to Japan because it's the same thing in Japan. Like uh, I love going to Life Supermarket and buying the Life Supermarket brand green tea and bringing at home it's like six dollars and it's real tasty totally anyway so you know eventually i i did um like seek out some of the fancy cheese mongers in in paris and go to those shops and of course the cheese was fantastic but in general properly handled cheese that's like been you know stored at the right temperature and whatever um it, it was like so delicious throughout france no matter what you paid for it that I, I, I don't, I'm fine with monoprix cheese. Yeah, a couple of a couple of more cheese related things. Uh, one France related. Um, when we were uh, the one time I've been to France, when we were uh, wife of the show, Lori and I were on the way to the airport, we stopped at um, the uh, the Bon Marché Grand Épicerie. Oh yeah, the um, fancy. It's like a a, a fancy grocery store. Yeah, um, it's a food hall. Correct. And we and we got a couple of cheeses to eat. Like on the way to the airport and yes. or on the plane, and they were so good. One of the, one of them was uh, I don't know how to say it, but it's L A G U I O L E. Laiol. Excuse me, Laiol. Yeah, yeah. That stuff is great. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I mean for real. Like there, there's no comparing to like the flavor of eating French cheese in France. Yes. And I'm sure that goes for all cheese making. Why places. are we doing this recipe? In Seattle, uh, this recipe. Why are we doing this episode? (laughs) Well, well, I lost my mind. There you go. Anyway, but um, so so wait, hold on. Can I just tell you about what it was like to live with this host family? You can try. I'll probably interrupt seven times. So my my host mother um was a really great cook. I think I've mentioned on the show before that she was sort of the the French equivalent of a Tupperware saleswoman. (laughs) Yes, she worked for this company called Silpa that made silicone baking dishes. Of course. And so she would we call them Silpats in America. She would go into people's homes and demonstrate these. Have you? at like I, maybe parties. you've told me this before, but that's great. So she was constantly trying out recipes on And she us. wasn't invited, right? She would just walk into people's homes. That's how <laughs> they do you, it in France. You are really bothering me in okay. this episode. She would go to people's parties and she would make these recipes and people would buy a whole bunch of this like silicone baking ware. Anyway, so every night she made for dinner... <laughs> God, you cannot. 
not stop yourself. You're just sitting well, here laughing I'm quietly. Just, you told me not to talk, but then, but I couldn't get this image out of my head of her like knocking on the door of the party and like the host opens the door and she's like, Silpa! And like pulls out these, yeah. She was also so elegant. She had this long brown hair. She was very tall and thin. And she... She was beautiful in the way that like a woman in her early 40s who is aging really beautifully and like starting to get wrinkles. Oh, but I like, would like to I would like to meet a woman. Like- she was so beautiful. And she had she would wear these bangles on her wrist that like sort of jangled when she. Oh, jangled. Bangles. <laughs> anyway, she was just lovely. And I was not at an age to properly appreciate mm-hmm. anything about her. I'm sorry. Um, But anyway, so she would, at night, she would cook a wonderful meal for us. And then after the meal, we would usually have a green salad. She Uh would have made the vinaigrette. It's green salad. And then she would pull out um, a a platter of like five different types of cheese. Wow. And she had a special, this was not at all fancy, like a round plastic platter, like hard plastic that um, was made. It had a lid that fit over it, almost like a colander with very fine holes. Okay. Yeah. And so um, she would keep it in the fridge overnight, but she would pull it out of the fridge when she was making dinner. And so it would come up to room temperature a bit. And it was, and it was vented so the cheese wouldn't get sweaty inside. Correct. Yes. And so anyway, we would have our main course, then we would have a green salad, then we would have um, this platter of cheeses with a baguette from the boulangerie around the corner. And again, these were not expensive or fancy cheeses, but we would pass the platter around and everybody would take a little bit of a couple different types of cheese. And then after that, we would have a homemade dessert that she had made. Ooh, like a like a peau de creme or a uh, uh, or like a like a chocolate cake or an mm-hmm. apple cake that she had made in one of these like uh, silicone molds. Oh yeah. Anyway, it was incredible. She had four children and she worked, and her husband had lost his job in France and so had gone to Canada to work for oh, an, wow. a fancy stove company. He was not an ouvrier. He was a salesman. What would that be? A, a, a vendier? No, that's that's not a thing. I don't know. Vendredi. It's a vendredi. <laughs> anyway, she was amazing. And I feel like I really learned sitting around her table. I think that, um, well, for one thing, it was my first time eating with a French family. Mm-hmm. It was my first time experiencing cheese outside of this, like, American late 90s force field of like low fat sure and you know so so the fact that you could eat cheese every night there and it was a normal thing mm-hmm. it was like earth shattering to me and like learning I mean I know that this is getting kind of serious but I feel like sitting at her table I learned that like I could trust my body to yeah. tell me like how much it wanted to eat and I could eat cheese every night and my body would love it and be just the same as it was. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it was amazing. Such an incredible life education. And by God, I have loved cheese ever since. And when I was in my early 20s, I worked at Whole Foods in Northern California during the summers and during the holidays uh, at the cheese counter there. And so yes. I, I learned a lot about cheese doing that too. Yeah, like so so like what things did you learn about cheese working at Whole Foods that you didn't know? Just like getting to taste a bunch of cheeses? Well, getting to taste a bunch of cheeses, getting to learn about cheeses that weren't just French, like uh-huh. learning about oh, sure. um like I remember learning about Idia Zabal, I mm-hmm. think it's called the yeah. Spanish cheese that's uh, smoked. Um just getting to learn about cheeses that weren't French, getting to taste them. Also learning about like which mold you need to worry about. Oh, sure. So like if a mold is is green or blue, if there's cheese on your, excuse me, mold on your cheese. <laughs> cheese on cheese your mold. with your mold, Molly? If there's mold on your cheese and it's green or blue, generally it's safe. It won't make you sick. On the other hand, if there's cheese that, ex- oh my God, if there's mold <laughs> that is yellow or black, that's dicier. Yeah. I also remember learning how to tell if a cheese was ammoniated. Smelling it. Oh, sure. Um, all these things that... How do you tell if a cheese is corked? Okay. So anyway, I love cheese. I wish that I lived in a family of people who loved cheese as much as I yeah. do. Um, but maybe someday my family will join me. I should take them to visit my host mother, but unfortunately... 
I didn't appreciate her enough and we aren't really in touch anymore. Oh, well, I mean, could it be one of those things where like it's never too late? I mean, she was always showing up at people's doors uninvited (laughs) with Silpa. You should show up. It's too late because when I was briefly dating a French guy and my host mother went out of town, this was like the one time. Oh, you've mentioned this. Yeah, I had him over to spend the night and my, my oldest host sister, who was 17 and who was also at home, tattled on me. Oh. And it was like the one time in my life that I did something like that. And I, and I was so tattled. I was so devastated by getting in trouble over it. Like I felt like a, a bad kid and I've never really gotten over it. And that was toward the end of my stay with my host family. And I kind of don't think I'm welcome back. And that's really sad because I don't think I'm usually the kind of person to leave that impression. Yeah. But you know what? There are other families like that in France. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, put, let's put, a, find... put an ad on, on Craigslist. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's talk about like how to build a cheese plate. Do you know what the word is for to tattle in Japanese? No. Chikuru. Oh, that's great. that great. Oh, that's great. Okay. So, okay, Matthew, you know, I, I was about to say feel free to interrupt me because this is going to be an episode <laughs> where I talk oh, a lot. Oh, that would be a very dangerous thing to say. Don't interrupt me. I've, I've been sitting in front of this cheese without eating cheese for so long. Okay. Well, hold on. So then, let, wait, let's talk about, I've like... I've been holding on. You know what? Let's let's move down in the agenda. Yes. Um, let's talk about strategy. Like, where do you, where do you naturally want to start with this assortment of cheeses? Oh, is this a test? Okay, so one, one of these cheeses, I don't really know what it is, although I can guess this one here mm-hmm. oh yeah okay so i think i think i would start with the mimolette probably god wait a minute we're doing this episode all wrong because okay. we haven't even told the listeners what the cheeses are uh, do we have to i thought, oh, I thought on, this was on. between you and me matthew wait a minute let's just hold on let's go back to the beginning let's go back to the beginning i think we need to let's talk start about the entire thing over okay, okay. So, so so you're in france so basically like i think in the u.s especially in places where people are giving advice on how to build a cheese plate, right. like Bon Appetit magazine or like various websites. Mm-hmm. Those like, are the main places I go for cheese plate <laughs> advice. Bon Appetit magazine, no, various but, websites. Like, like where you, people are usually giving advice on like what accoutrement to put with your cheese. Oh cheeses. yeah, like which spreads or, or and like, nuts and stuff. Yeah, or like here's a beautiful expensive piece of slate to put your cheeses on. Okay, but that is very important. That is not what I want to talk about here today. No, that you're right. What, like I don't care about those things at all. I don't care all. about that. I want to talk about the cheese. So here's the deal. Basically, if you want to put on your table an assortment of cheeses and eat and them I just do. as cheeses, yes. here's what I think you need to think about. You want an assortment of textures, Okay, so like soft, crumbly, um, hard. Uh, You want maybe an assortment of types of milk. Jagged. Cow's milk, sheep's milk, Mm -hmm. goat's milk. You want to think about that. And you also want to think about a range of pungencies, right? You probably don't want a whole bunch of really stinky cheeses or a whole bunch of really like mild cheeses. You want kind of all across the board, right? So I think in general, if you are, like my host family, going to serve cheese after a meal, I think it's nice to have like three to five cheeses. Mm -hmm. You do not need more than that. No. I think you want to have one semi-firm. So so when I think of semi-firm, I think of like the texture of like a a cheddar. Okay. Okay. So uh, something like, well, cheddar, uh, (laughs) manchego. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like any of those delicious Swiss cheeses like Gruyere. Um, or, or or French cheeses that are also in that kind of realm, like Cantal. Uh, some of these, I can't remember whether oh, yeah. they're Swiss or French. Beaufort, Conte. Are these Swiss or French? Uh, Appenzeller. Conte, Appenzeller is Swiss. Yep. Conte is French. French. Beaufort. But it's but similar to one that you said previously. Gruyere. What, Gruyere. Anyway, so uh, any of those cheeses are, are what I would call a semi-firm. Yeah. So you want something like that. You, and that's because they're delivered in a semi-truck. Um, and then you probably, I, I would recommend that you get some sort of a goat cheese. I love goat cheese, especially ones that have like a bloomy rind. Like the one you got today? Like the one I got today, which is a crottin. Do you know what crottin means in French? Is it like... Or like a cot? Is it like a poop? It means a turd, <laughs> Yeah, basically. So in France, you often see these small sort of, uh, it's like a tall disc that's about the size of a silver dollar, would you say? Yeah, I would. Maybe like an inch and a half tall. And those are often served warm, like kind of warmed under a broiler. Oh, nice. With, um, with a salad and like uh, 
crispy like um, slices of bread. Yeah. So good. So um, a crotin is often served warm. Um, what I've purchased today is what uh, is made here in the U.S. by Vermont Creamery. This is one of my very favorite domestic cheeses. And it's got it's got an aroma, let me tell you. They call it bijou, and they sell it in packs of two. And it's a, it's a crotin-style goat cheese. Question. Yeah. What happened to the other bijou? <laughs> we, Answer carefully. I ate like half of it last night at nice. dinner while my child grimaced and my partner <sighs> just sort of didn't say anything. <sighs> That's very tiring. Anyway, um, I generally like goat cheeses that have like bloomy rinds and kind of like are a little bit of sort of gooeyness right underneath the rind, but then like a chalky middle. This Love Molly that. is literally torturing me right now. Oh my now god, I'm salivating I'm so much. I'm sitting in front of four cheeses and having to listen to Molly tell me about how good these cheeses are going to be when eventually, possibly hours from now, yep. she okay. allows Hold me on. to eat them. Then there are other ones like uh, like a little like sort of flatter disc called a rocamadour. There are all kinds of goat cheeses from different parts of France that have been rolled in like ash and flowers and mm-hmm. random Sometimes shit. Sometimes even intentionally. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think it's also nice to have a blue cheese. So blue yes. cheese, um, uh, most of the ones I think of are cow's milk cheeses. They're usually inoculated with mold. Did you have a moment, I think we did a blue cheese episode maybe, maybe. and probably would have talked about this, but did you have a moment where you suddenly realized blue cheese was good? Oh yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, because I think for me, like I don't remember exactly, but I think I may have had it like on a burger or something, and then I after that I was like, like okay, I like, I like blue cheese now. I oh, don't I like that. Oh, I love blue cheese on a burger. One of the first blue cheeses I ever liked was this one that I bought for us today that's called Fourme d'Ambert. Yes, I, I'm familiar. Um, and anyway, we'll talk about it in a second. So I like a blue cheese. And then I often like something that's kind of soft um, with a bloomy rind, often made of cow's milk like brie, Mm -hmm. camembert, something like that. If you want to branch out beyond it, a sheep's milk cheese is really nice. I love sheep's milk cheese. I love sheep's milk cheese. So anything from like a semi-firm, like a type of pecorino. Yeah. To uh, like a tome de brebis. You may see the word tome, T-O-M-M-E. That just refers to like this drum shape. Okay. I thought it was the name of the guy who made it. So a tome de brebis is just like this particular shape and type of cheese that's made of sheep's milk, brebis. (laughs) You know what I say when I see one of those? Hey, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This could could be... Through no fault of yours, our worst episode. (laughs) But the sheep, shut up, Matthew. Shut up. (laughs) The type of cheese, the type of sheep's milk cheese that I bought for us today is a semi firm. It's called Oso Irati. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the easiest ones to find, I think, in the But one of the hardest ones to say. (laughs) I'm just now realizing that I was complaining that I haven't gotten to eat the cheese yet, but I spent 15 minutes interrupting you. <laughs> I've, I've dug Matthew, my own shut cheesecake up. here. I want to finish talking. All right. So, Oso Irati is a sheep's milk cheese. It is, I believe it's technically a tome style. You'll find it sold as wedges. It's semi firm, and I think it's very likable. Though sometimes in the past, eating it, I've also felt that it smelled like um, puppy chow, <laughs> like kibble. All right. Lastly, if you are game to, to have like stinkier cheeses, I love Taleggio, which is an Italian Me cheese. Me too. It has a washed rind, so the rind is kind of pink, often streaked with gray. I cut the rind off. I don't eat the rind of a Taleggio. It's delicious. It's got this really um almost chewy texture, yes. fudgy. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, a famous French cheese that's really stinky is Epoisse. Yeah, which is which we um, saw recently at Costco. That was we a bonus did. episode we for did. subscribers. That usually also has kind of an orange exterior. It's brushed with a type of liqueur called Marc de Bourgogne, which comes from Burgundy. So does Epoise. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite washed rind cheese, harder to find in the States, but it's called Langres. Which oh, is, I don't know this at all. It's spelled L-A-N-G-R-E-S. And it has a kind of a lurid yellow outside, and it's very wrinkly on the outside. Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen it's a wrinkly cheese. so, so good. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. 
That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. What we've done today is we've gotten four cheeses. We've got the sheep's milk cheese, also irati. Our blue cheese is Fum d'Ambert. We have a goat cheese. It's this Crotin-style one from Vermont Creamery. And then, I didn't mention this, this is our hard cheese. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, I don't know, like I don't really like to see a wedge of parm on a cheese plate. Oh, I have no problem with that. Really? I think June would love it too. She loves eating like hunks of parmesan. Me too. I don't really care. But anyway, the hard cheese I got for us today is called Mimolette. It's a French cheese, as you can imagine. It is made of pasteurized cow's milk cheese, at least this one here. Mm -hmm. And when you see it whole, it looks like a cantaloupe. Yes. And when it's sold in different ages, when it's young, it kind of looks just like cheddar. It's got its opaque orange curd, basically. And uh, it's quite mild. And then when it's aged, this one is aged 12 months. It gets to be this deep, like, pumpkin orange yes, color. Yes, exactly. And it's going to be hard like Parmesan mm-hmm. and almost caramelly taste. And when it gets to the perfect consistency, you can carve it like a jack-o'-lantern. Anyway, Matthew, let's start eating. Where would you yes. start with this cheese so, plate? Okay, Given so what I, I've just I was, said, where would you start? A, a few minutes ago, I said that I would start with the mimolette, but actually, I think I would start with the oso erotique. I would, too. Erotique. Uh, no, it's also also erotique. That's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, it's oh so erotic. All right, so what do you think is the most erotic of cheeses? And can you eat the rind on this one? I would not eat okay. the rind on this one. This is. I think um, this is a thing that that makes people afraid of cheeses is they don't know whether to eat the rind or not. Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you, people. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a baguette. So all of these are at room temperature. This is very mild. Mm. Yeah. Mmm. But you can taste the sheep's milk, right? It's very salty. Sure. Mm. I think this is a very likable cheese. What do you think? Oh, I like it very much. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I also like to see on a cheese plate? I like those really like extra aged goudas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are those great. ones that are like light caramel colored. Love those. The thing about the goudas is, I'm always afraid someone is going to like tell me that it's actually pronounced howda or something. Oh, that is scary. Yeah, that's super scary. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, but then I'm afraid, like, if I say that, then then someone's going to say, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The knife just got stuck on the Mimolette label. Hold on. Okay. So you don't want to eat the rind on Mimolette either. I think you can tell because it kind of looks like cantaloupe rind. It does. So this one I would eat without. This is another thing. Like, in France, like, it had never occurred to me that you could just pick up cheese even like a wedge of, of brie like a little a little slice of it and just put it in your mouth and eat it without bread or a cracker mm-hmm. and to be fair if you're in the store you probably shouldn't do that you mean just pick it up and eat it right like in the cheese section at monoprix what about like last week's episode when we talked about just licking things and then passing them to somebody else that's okay okay so i can lick my brie pass it to you <laughs> you can lick your own brie <laughs> <laughs> i'm very flexible <laughs> Okay. What do, you right. th- what do you think of the Mimolette? Oh, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I love the color. It's got it's got kind of like a, um, I don't know what to say about the texture. I was going to say sandy, but it's not real. It's not like gritty or anything. It's just. And it doesn't have the same kind of crystals that Parmesan does. No, but but it, uh, you know, because it's such a firm cheese, it like it like sort of comes apart and, and has like a bit of like a, you know, powdery, shortbready texture. Don't you wish we were drinking wine with this? Yeah. Like, I just really, oh my God, this this is crying out for wine. Le- Do you think we should move on to the blue or the goat first? I have an opinion. I th- I think the goat first. I agree. Because I, like, I think once you taste the blue, like that becomes the dominant flavor, the dominant thing going on in, in your whole mouth area. For a little while. Mm-hmm. Will you, uh, here, so Matthew, as we taste these, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, about cutting the cheese. Okay. 
You've well, been, well you've number been one, waiting to say that for so one, long. Can I just issue a little bit of a like a, a, a rant? I can't wait. Stand what, stand aside. One of world. your fiery rants. That's, I, that's what the show is most known for. Oh my god. Oh this is like my favorite cheese on earth. Mm. I love this kind of goat cheese. Oh, it's very good. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh my god. It was a gift to keep that keeps giving. Like as you swallow mm-hmm. it, mm, mm, it's perfect. Do you think it's too strong? No. Oh god, I love it. So okay, here's here's my fiery rant. Okay, I can't here's, wait. Here's my hot take. What's the difference between a hot take and a fiery rant? Mm. So I think a, a hot take can like can engender be. a rant, but doesn't require a rant. A hot take is simply the opinion itself. Okay. All right. My hot take is. I do not want to see cheese cubes on a cheese plate. Oh, I see. I absolutely do not. That is not what I'm talking about here, people. Like, I, I just don't think that's really a cheese plate. I also don't want to see, like, pepper jack. Mm, I'm, I'm, just, like, I'm getting a message in from the FCC. Cheeses. That's the Federal I, Cheese Commission. I We've been canceled. I don't want to see something like Havarti on a cheese plate. No. Havarti belongs on a sandwich. And I love Havarti. I've got it in my fridge right now. Don't want to see it on a cheese plate. Um, I don't want to see those cheeses that are like uh, shot through with like a web of beer. <laughs> shot through with a web of beer. Or like. Um, and you're to blame. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like at every holiday party in the oh, world, yeah. these like types of cheese cubes show up. That's yeah, not a cheese mean. plate. That's not what we're talking about here. No, that's, that's a more, different that's thing. It's more like a, like a <laughs> lunchbox that's fallen open. <laughs> Well, it's also like I think it's related to a crudite platter. Yeah, we, which we did. We did do an episode on crudites. Why did we do that? I don't know. I can't imagine what we talked about. Um. Anyway, but okay. But but can we also talk about etiquette for cutting the cheese? Because oh, Matthew, yes, please. I gotta tell you, you <laughs> totally way wrong. Fucked up <laughs> that goat cheese. I took your favorite cheese and I ruined it with my. So technique. basically, uh, like, here's the thing. No, number one. To return to Bon Appetit magazine, which I got to tell you, can I, uh, now I have a really fiery rant. Okay. Oh my God. Is this about how you got fired by Bon Appetit magazine? I didn't get fired. No, it's just the entire staff of the magazine turned over. And then I just like had no editor anymore. I I had no one to email anymore. You were made redundant. I was made redundant. Yeah. This was back in 2011. Yeah. I'm not bitter anymore. It's fine. It's fine. I I had a good run there. You did. Absolutely. Yeah. It was great. As, I mean, everybody who worked for the magazine then got laid off. <sighs> anyway. All right. I bought the Christmas cookie issue of Bon Appetit okay. last month. It had this like really pretty cookie on the cover that I, I knew I was never going to make, but I bought it anyway. And I was just kind of like, I haven't bought this magazine in like a year. I want to see what it's like. I just, I expected to see some emotional maturity over the years from that magazine, I just wanted to see growth. I wanted to see it become a mature magazine. I have no idea where you're going with this. It was just so, the sh- it is so winkingly lowbrow, you know? Okay. Like they're like, you know, it's ba- the, the tone is like, have you ever heard of White Claw? Like, yeah. you're not supposed to like White Claw. Oh, but why I see. don't you take this fancy cheese with your case of White Claw <laughs> like to a, your holiday party? I like party. a, a like washed-rying cheese like, that's weird... been brushed with White Claw. Anyway, but basically, the whole gist of the holiday cookie spread was, you think it's enough to show up at a cookie exchange with cookies that taste good. Oh, oh. No. Uh-oh. You got it all wrong. Yikes. Your cookies have to be pretty, too. Everybody was smiling and telling you they liked your cookie. Well, they were lying to you because your cookie was ugly. I thought. Here's how to make beautiful cookies. Well, I don't give a fuck. I just want my cookies to taste good. And I really don't want sass and snark and insult with my recipes. No, I thought, and like, I had it all wrong because I thought you were supposed to show up at the cookie exchange and put your car keys in a fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, that's what you and I do. That's how we met. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Anyway. But that's so- right. We, 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 like, you pulled my car keys out of the fishbowl and then you were like, do you want to go start a podcast? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bon Appetit Magazine Here's what they say about cutting cheese. They say that if you're putting out a cheese plate, you should cut the cheese ahead of time. 
All right. But now, is I that... think they're talking about for a party, granted. Yeah. They're not talking about like passing it around with your loved ones at a table. Is it because but... did they give any justification for this? Well, I think that they said that it would just be easier for everyone and that this way your cheeses could be cut properly. Now, yeah. would you like to know about cutting the cheese properly? I mean, yes, but I can't. I kind of can't tell where you're falling on this question of whether to cut the cheese ahead or not. Well, so, you know, granted, I know that this is about, like, if you're putting this out at a cocktail party. I think it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and we throw a lot of cocktail parties, you but and I. But in general, I resent the whole idea that you can only eat a variety of cheeses at, like, a party. I think that we should be doing this every night after dinner. Yes. Right? So, so anyway. And but, we, should, we should be eating delicious, ugly cookies, pulling out the plastic cheese plate, and, yeah, and just drinking living. our White Claw. And drinking White Claws. Um, no guilt. Anyway, no, but what I did like about what Bon Appetit said here is that they described how to properly cut different styles of cheese. Because, as you may have noticed when you're buying cheese in the supermarket, cheese, like pieces of cheese come in many different shapes, right? I have noticed that. Okay, so... Number one, crumbly cheeses, like blue cheese or like fresh chev, they are just going to crumble. Like trying to cut them into slices or wedges Crumbly's gonna crumble. is, is a f- like really not going to work. So you want to kind of just go ahead and crumble those. Okay. All right. For cheeses that come in wedges, all right, mm-hmm. wedges, you want to cut pieces off of it that quote maintain the integrity of the original shape so for example if you have a wedge of brie you don't just lop the tip off and smear it on your bread you cut you cut a wedge out of it from like from from the outer you know edge of of the wedge to the center you cut a wedge of it like what I do if I don't want if there's like a slice of pizza left, but I don't want another whole slice. I like kind of like a, a little yeah. slice. Off yeah, the you side. cut a skinny slice. A skinny you don't slice, just yeah. lop off the tip of it Question. and eat it. What is so, lop? So basically, and my host family taught me this too. Like, if a platter of cheese is being passed around, oh, oh serious question. You, you're to cut the pieces of cheese in a certain way so that nobody winds up with like all rind or all runny middle. Well, okay, right. this is the equivalent of like you don't. If you're if you're cutting yourself a slice of cake, you don't cut like parallel to the plate and just take the frosting. Yeah. But Matthew, that's precisely what you did with this crotin. But not so, on purpose. But with something like this, Matthew, you, it, this is a small disc. So what shape do you think you need to cut out of it? Uh, 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 icosahedron. Rhombus. <laughs> Please say rhombus. A wedge? A wedge! But I, You're yeah. going to cut a slice out of it like it was a cake. Don't just lop off the side of it like that. What were you thinking, man? But I think man? it looks cool the way no, I left it. Looks it looks terrible. You took like all rind. Okay, I'm taking a picture of this. I we're going to post really it on our website. Spellbypodcast.com. And I, I want to hear doesn't. <laughs> what I want to hear from listeners is that this looks cool. So, uh, uh, also, so some cheeses are sold in blocks, right? Like cheddar. Or yes, like, but wait, I had a serious with question. With those, you want to cut them into smaller blocks. So this oh-so-erotic cheese, <laughs> it, it comes in a wedge, but it's it, it's a wedge off a fairly large round of cheese. So, mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't cut, like, like, one millimeter thick wedges of it. Well, but what you would do is I think you're going to cut an approximate, like, wedge shape out of it. Basically, that what seems this, very abstract. What this rule is saying is... So, it, Matthew, it, you can imagine if we're all just cutting slices across oh, it, I see. eventually somebody's going to wind up with a lot of rind. Whereas <laughs> if we're cutting around it like it's a pie, okay, we're I each going to get it. pieces that have both the yummy cheese and the rind. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? I understand. Yeah. So um, I think this is really important, though. And I, I, I do, despite the fact that... Um, I don't know. The, so the whole article that Bon Appetit published about like putting together a cheese plate also included like tons of suggestions about like Marcona almonds and mm-hmm. homemade jams and um, pickled whatever. And that you need all of this in quince. order to have a cheese quince that you need all of this in order to have a cheese plate, which drives me batty. So I, I don't know. The whole article just bothered me. I don't understand why we can't just talk about the cheese. No, you're absolutely right. We have we have slices of good baguette here, and I think that is the only thing you need. You know, is it bad if you want to put some Marcona almonds out? 
Yes, it's bad. <laughs> okay, hold on, Matthew. I'm not done here. I, I can tell because there's a whole cheese we haven't tasted yet. Okay, anyway, so um, here you go. Oh, here's the other thing. When I can't you, believe when you're you are serving letting a, me slice this cheese. When you are serving... So the tricky thing with this is it's got foil on the outside. Yeah. When you are you serving blue cheese in the presence of other cheeses, <laughs> for sure set out a different knife for the blue cheese. Big time. I think also you need to set out a different knife for mm. soft cheeses mm. from like hard or semi-firm cheeses. Mm. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. A really good texture too, yeah. right? What do you think about dedicated cheese knives? Doesn't seem necessary, unless unless you're busting into an entire wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano. Yeah. Then you need like a lot of special tools. Yeah, like a bandsaw and something with like a big crank mm-hmm. and like one of those one of those like organ grinder. An organ grinder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so when Wait, I work- is an organ grinder just a type of monkey? <laughs> When I worked at Whole Foods, I'm not going to answer that because I don't know the answer. When I worked at Whole Foods, we did have some special tools. We had like a wire mm-hmm. for cutting for cutting cheeses, which was awesome. And I do think a cheese wire is really good either for like thin slices or um, if you're breaking down a big old loaf of cheese because mm-hmm. you work at a grocery store. Or if you are um, breaking down crumbly cheeses, like blue cheese. That makes sense. Because you could crumble it nicely. Were you ever asked to wear a wire? <laughs> now, the other special tool we had was what looked like a like a utility knife, like a large paring knife. Okay. But it had cutouts in the blade. Oh, so the cheese to, wouldn't stick to it? Yeah, to create less surface area nice. along the blade. And that's really good for soft, sticky cheeses like brie, stuff like that. I feel so, like... <clears throat> but I don't own any of these things, and I eat cheese just fine. Good for you. Mm, yeah. It, do you ever want stuff with your cheese? Like, now that I've laid all these out, do you feel that that Marcona almonds are missing? No, not at all. I do want Jam. Bread. Jam. No, I, I, don't, I, I don't actually even like jam with cheese. What about slices of... Perfectly ripe fruit, like pear, is really good with this blue cheese we've got. So, okay, so here's here's my hot take. I think you will enjoy both the pear and the cheese more if you have them separately. Mm, I think and when I say you, I mean me. I think that's great. Okay. Because actually, God, I don't, I don't have any full real of hot opinion on what you, you will. Yeah, you're right. Do you like eating cheese with crackers? Oh, yes, very much. Um, my favorite cracker for cheese is wheat thins, mm-hmm. and uh, I like I like getting like a Tillamook extra sharp cheddar that I can cut into squares that are approximately the size of wheat thins and eat it on wheat thins. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think I would want any of these cheeses on wheat thins. I don't think so either. But I think cheddar was well suited to a wheat thin. I think if I'm eating a cheese and I want to really taste the cheese, I want something quite plain, like mm-hmm. maybe even like a Cars table water cracker. Mm-hmm. But my favorite is baguette. You know what? Um, an, an oaten biscuit with cheese can be real oh, good. Mm, cheddar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I could see it with a soft cheese, maybe like a triple creme kind of thing. Have you ever been to the Neil's Yard Dairy Store in Covent Garden in London? I have. That is an amazing cheese shop. I was 18 and I wasn't yet into cheese. Oh. I didn't deserve it. I didn't I didn't deserve to be there. It mm, was, no, it was, I was dumb. I was like 25, 26 and I was ready to cheese. Oh god, that's great. I was DTC. Matthew, I love how you're going for this blue cheese cuz it is truly fantastic. Yeah, this is clear this is definitely my favorite one. It's I love, so I, good. I think they're all great, but Oh, the 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 goat is my yeah. favorite, maybe followed by the blue. But I'm going back for a little more of the um Erotic cheese, also. Mm. What else do we need to say? Um, Would you ever serve cheese after a meal? Sure. You tend to cook mostly. Well, you tend to cook a lot of Japanese, Chinese foods. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't often serve cheese after a meal, but I, I like to think of myself as the kind of person who would. How about that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you an aspirational cheese server? I like to think, yes, I am an aspirational cheese server. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like to think of myself as the kind of person who would serve the salad after the meal, mm-hmm. and then the cheese plate. I'm never, I'm never this person, but I, 
I every now and then, actually, I'm occasionally this person, like once every couple of years, and I'm always the person who's also sitting at the table moaning in ecstasy. Wait, we talked about uh, cheese accessories. What about what about the cart? Oh my god, the cheese chariot. The cheese, exactly. Oh my god, have you have you been to a restaurant that has a cheese chariot? I have. And how was it? Where? What would this have been? I, I don't remember if it was in France or if it was in New York or I don't think it would have been in Seattle. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, it could have been a, a like a, a erotic dream. I don't know. I remember. So when I was doing my like study abroad program, staying with that host family, mm-hmm. there was this woman um, named Helen Bing who had given a lot of money to the study abroad program at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And so, like, because of her, we got to do these incredible things while we were there. Like, go to the opera and have amazing tickets. Nice. Go spend a weekend. I mean, <laughs> like, do I want to go to an opera? No, but it's cool that you had that opportunity. Yeah, no, I mean, because this was something that none of us would have been able to afford as, like, 20-year-olds, right? What I do remember is that um, before the end of the, like, the term... Before, so you know, you could you could stay there for one or two quarters, and mm-hmm. I stayed for two quarters. But a lot of people were going home after one quarter, and I remember at the end of the quarter, she, you know, her her money paid for us to have a special closing dinner for the program at this restaurant at I think it's at the Gare du Nord um, mm-hmm. called Le Train Bleu, the Blue Train. Okay, and it's this like old school bistro thing that probably nobody thinks of as having great food, but it's quite elegant and it's it's solid. Sure, um, I loved it, and I think that was my first time ever encountering a che- encountering a cheese chariot, um, which is just called a cheese cart. Yeah, um, no, that's great. Like, how many cheeses were on it, and was it like multi leveled? Oh, I think there were for sure fifteen to twenty. And it was multi-leveled. He, uh, there was a server who wheeled it over, and we all went silent, and he talked us through all the cheeses. Oh, that's amazing. And then he steered the cart around to each of us, and we would turn around and tell him what we wanted. Then I remember learning about some restaurant that had like a three-course menu for 25 euro or something, um, and it was a very, like, a very nice neighborhood bistro. I'm sure some of our listeners will know the name of it. I feel like it started with an A, and it was well known for its cheese cart. Okay. And that, too, was pretty incredible. I remember going to that bistro once. Some bistros I went to in France, in Paris, were La Régalade, mm-hmm. uh, Les Pies du Pain, I... La Cave de l'Eau Samuel. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I remember. I remember La Regalade, but I don't remember why I remember it. Oh, like, I, I can't like picture the, it. Uh, the the chef was a was a very is a very famous chef. Mm. Um, Yves Comdebord, I think. Oh yeah, yeah yeah, very famous. Um, yeah. I could be getting this all wrong. That's mm-hmm. okay. Um, see, I was thinking I was going to say before, and and then and then I was like, no, that's not a good idea. But now I'm coming back around now that I know about this Bing Bing money. Mm-hmm. Because she 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 was the the founder of Bing dot com right and that's how she made all this money. Um, so I I was thinking like speaking of like a like a scholarship to to give uh, kids things they don't need. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Could we could we have like a scholarship to send one listener to live with a host family in Japan and and have cheese every night? I'm thinking we could cover, like, our scholarship fund could cover maybe, like, three days of this, not counting airfare. Did you mean to say Japan? Did I say Japan? Yeah. <laughs> I did not. You said, can we, send, can we send a student to stay with a family in Japan and okay. have cheese every night? Can I say something? We, we talked about this on the France versus Japan episode. The cheese situation in Japan is not good. <laughs> yeah, <It's>, okay. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, is there anything else you want to say about cheese plates? Do you, Matthew? Do I don't. You... I think I should not say anything else about anything because I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think you're done here. Well, the only one of these cheeses we had that was made in the states was this Vermont Creamery cheese, and I just want to take a moment to say, Vermont Creamery, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love you guys. I also love that you just ate that cheese off the knife when I was. <laughs> The thing is, I scraped it off one knife onto a different knife and ate it off that knife, thinking that this was somehow better. I remember when I when I then went back to 
Paris and worked there for a year after mm-hmm. I graduated from college. And I rented this like studio apartment. And so um, at night when I would eat dinner and my kitchen was like in my hallway, it was like part of my hallway uh-huh. um, with my little like two burner stove and dorm size refrigerator. Um, I would eat dinner sitting on the edge of my bed and use this coffee table that was on wheels as my dinner table. That's called a chariot. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I would have cheese every night after my main course. Wait, is chariot like, just a fancy word for cart? Chariot. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I would have cheese every night by myself after my meal. And I usually only had one or two types around. It seemed like too extravagant to have three types sure. of cheese for myself. Anyway, but I remember because I was eating by myself, I got into this habit of um, like sucking on the knife to get every <laughs> bit of of cheese off of it. And when my mother came to visit me, she was horrified that I had turned into someone who like sucks on the blade of dinner knives. Uh-huh. Oh, but that that's like the only way I eat peanut butter. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to leave anything on the knife. No. Anyway, so uh, no, what, that's one of my greatest pleasures is like I'll make breakfast for me and, and uh, teenager of the show Iris. And then like while I'm cleaning up, I'm like, oh, hey, here's a knife with some peanut butter or Nutella on it and just like lick it off before putting it in the sink. Well, don't let my mother see you. OK. Uh, anyway, at some point I stopped I mean, doing it. She does it. join us for breakfast pretty often. But I, I stopped. I think it's because I also stopped having cheese every night after dinner. Okay, we need to get back to our roots. Yeah. You need to go back to France. Okay. I was actually thinking of going to Japan and eating cheese there. Um, yeah, that's now true. Now that you suggested it. Um, we, yes, we sh- we should we should go to Japan again. Um, we should not make cheese a priority. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What a delicious, what a delicious yes, this was episode. this was a delight. I'm going to have more bread. This was a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us, anyone who's still listening. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Do you hear the echo in here? Yep. And at facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. Please let us know what what do you need to have on your cheese plate. How do you feel about cheese cubes? How do you feel about- What do you uh, think is the most erotic cheese? How do you feel about ugly cookies at a cookie exchange? Nobody, nobody, nobody is going to- Nobody cares. Right. I don't, you know, I don't want to hear about it. Right, no, nobody's going to come to our I don't website hear about and say, like, I'm the person who looks down on you if you bring ugly but delicious cookies. <laughs> I am tired of being shamed for the appearance of my cookies. Okay. Um, and uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. And what else? Instagram, at Spilled Milk Podcast. Please uh, rate and review the show wherever you've gotten it. And... Uh, Until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. And now we are going to read off the correct cheese plate order for all of our 419 (laughs) previous episodes. First, 137, 249. Wait, we're we're going from mildest to... The mildest, yeah. 137 was our mildest episode. What was our stinkiest episode? I mean, probably this one. Okay. I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Epster Burton. You have a booger coming out of your left nostril. Thank you. Um, uh, Now it's on the tip of your nose. Uh, You got it. (laughs) Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more.